You're listening to Redeeming Love, a movie companion podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Pruitt. You might know me as a speaker, author, or have seen me on ABC's The Bachelor. But right now, we're here to explore a different kind of love story. Redeeming Love is based on the best-selling novel by Francine Rivers and follows the life-changing journey of Angel, a young woman forced into prostitution who finds rescue in a man named Michael Hosea. Whether you're a fan of the book or new to the story, this podcast will be your exclusive destination for behind-the-scenes interviews with cast and crew, authentic conversations with special guests, fan Q&As, and fresh insights from the author and screenplay writer herself, Francine Rivers. Welcome to episode four. I'm Maddie Pruitt, and I am thrilled you're here with me today. We'll be joined by Brandon and Brittany Lake of Maverick City Music to talk about how the story of redeeming love not only provided healing in a time of need, but continues to bring restoration in their marriage. And don't forget, we'll be answering more of your questions about the movie. But first, we're going to hear from author Francine Rivers about one of the film's biggest plot points— Angel's shame and perceived self-worth. Time and time again, Angel runs from the love Michael shows her. And it's not for fear of their future, but from shame of her past. Angel's past has left her scarred, unable to understand what it means to see her own self-worth. And despite Michael's unconditional love for her, only she can be the one to shape her identity. Today, we'll hear from Francine Rivers about what it means to feel deep shame from our past trauma and how we, like Angel, have to build the courage to see our own self-worth for what it truly is. I think it just really traps you and imprisons you and keeps you silent. It keeps you uh, from really looking at the the love that God has for you. Mm. Um, It's a tool of the devil, in my opinion, because it just keeps you away from God's love. And it takes time. You know, for me, you know that God's forgiven you, and yet there's a part of you that just won't forgive yourself. It's Mm. almost as though you're saying, well, what I did is worse than anything anybody else in the whole world has done, and God can't possibly forgive me. And it takes time. You know, you end up talking to somebody about it, and then you... I think it's the confessing, maybe call it confessing, but just to reveal, to open yourself up and be transparent to somebody Mm -hmm. and then get that reinforcement that God gives through another individual. Yeah. And that's what counseling is all about. I ended up going through counseling when I was writing The Atonement Child and working with people at a pregnancy counseling center. And um, that, it gave me another insight and the way to look at it. And to go in and see God's perspective of that whole thing and realize, you know, he'd forgiven me a long time ago. Mm. I was the one who couldn't let it go. Mm. I needed to learn to let it go. What would be, you know, your like advice and your encouragement? How can we find that, that courage to identify our own self-worth and move past, you know, our past and move past our shame and, you know, our past mistakes and regrets? Well, I know for me, um, you know, the world tells you about some, well, abortion as an example, that you didn't do anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with mm. it. You shouldn't feel guilty. You you shouldn't be grieving over a child that you gave up. 
I think we need to look at what how God views things. Yeah. And then uh, because there are things that Angel does in order to survive that are horrendous. Mm-hmm. And we do cover in the movie. So there are things that that she did wrong, but still, you know, didn't know and she, under different circumstances. But it's like you need to acknowledge that. And then God is there to say, OK, then it's it's done. I've yeah. taken it as far as the east is from the west. Mm-hmm. You've acknowledged it. And you've given it to me and it's gone. You're forgiven mm. and you're restored and you don't need to think about that anymore. And I think that's the thing with, with shame that very often the world keeps us there. Yeah. Because saying, oh no, you know, don't listen to your conscience. Don't listen to your heart. Mm. Listen to what we're telling you is okay. And, and yet, you know, in your soul, it's not. Right. So we need to acknowledge that when yeah. we do, that's, that's freedom it frees you and now we'll be joined by brandon lake you may have heard of him lead movements like elevation worship bethel music and maverick city music as well as his wife Brittany lake their story is beautiful and i can't wait for you to hear it let's jump right in I'm excited to talk about this with you guys because I do feel like you guys have such a beautiful marriage and you guys, the love that you have for each other, I feel like is really rare in today's world and it is very countercultural. And that's what we're kind of talking about, you know, with redeeming love. (laughs) But I know it probably hasn't always been easy for you guys um, and I'm sure you've had to overcome a lot. And so I wanted to start off just by kind of asking you a few questions, Brittany. Um, I know that your story is something that we're going to kind of dive into um, and for those listening, you know, I we just want to encourage you, you know, with this with this message that God's unconditional and faithful and just relentless love for you mm-hmm. is enough. And no matter how far gone you think that you are, um, there is a redemption story waiting for yeah. you. And mm-hmm. every piece of your story can be rewritten um, and can be redeemed. So I want to ask you, how do you relate to the theme of Hosea, the message of Hosea, Hosea out of the Bible, and also the message of redeeming love? Um individually, but also in the context of you guys' your guys' marriage. Yeah. I mean, this book literally was pivotal for me. Yeah. It was given to me right after I received Christ in college. And just not believing that I was worthy of what I really wanted and what I mm-hmm. I knew that like I was longing for, it changed everything. It changed my perspective. It gave me hope. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of baggage that comes with past relationships and past mistakes. And I just, for the first time, I think I had hope that, yeah. you know, I, I can have what I know that I, I want. And mm. it was pivotal for me. And it was the first time presented to me that, like, I had a second chance yeah. and that God wanted to give me this second chance. Mm. So, yeah, it's been huge <laughs> yeah. in my story. Yeah. And honestly, keep going back to it. And just every time I read it, I get something different. And yeah. Yeah. I know you were saying you read it like 15 times when we were talking earlier. <laughs> well, I think I've read it like once a year since yeah, yeah. I got saved. Uh, <laughs> I honestly, like... every time she reads it, our love life improves. And so I just She's keep like, I would like to personally her. thank Francine Rivers for writing this shout out. Hey, Francine, listen. <laughs> I have many thanks. Many thanks. I, I, I encourage Britt to just read it every month, you know? Yeah. Um, just as a reminder, just yeah. a little. You just have it like sitting there next to her coffee. <laughs> yeah, hey, babe, like, just wanted yeah. to do something nice Pushing for you. It over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I have given this book to more mm. women 
I go buy like a new copy every year because I've given away yeah. so many and it was given to me. And so it's just like, it's such a good tool mm. and it's, it's so tangible. And if you're lost, if you're saved, if you're struggling, there's so many, I just feel like there's so many avenues yeah. to like receive this book. Yeah. So it's been just the best yeah. Like tool to give to a friend, to a, mm-hmm. I've had everyone in our family read it, literally. Yeah. <laughs> literally same, honestly, same. And yeah. I've read like every single one of her books. And so uh, I know for you and honestly for all of us, like we can relate to Angel, the yeah. character of Angel and just who she is, what she's had to go through, what she's had to face, the trauma she's walked through, the pain of her past. What has it been like for you kind of relating to that character and also just stepping into like who God has called you to be? And I think for a lot of us, it's so easy to carry like shame and to mm-hmm. carry resentment towards, you know, the things that other people have put on us or the yeah. labels that people put on us, the things we've walked through, the things we've you know been through and carried for so long. How has it been for you, you know, relating to her and also just, you know, being able to kind of break free from... Yeah that shame and from those labels and step into like who God has called you to be, you know, as, as a mom, as a wife, as a woman. Yeah. Um, so in college when I was 19, I was raped mm. and, um, it was something I didn't ask for, but it's something that was put over me. And we all have things that have been spoken over us, done yeah. to us that we haven't asked for. And so I so related to, to Angel's story to the story of Hosea, just how she didn't ask for any of this. She, But she carried the burden of it all. Yeah. And I think just for the first time, I felt like I had hope. And I felt like I was worthy. For mm-hmm. I, I felt like the label I put over myself, and it was really no one but myself and the enemy doing just what he does, is just that I wasn't worthy, that I didn't deserve because of what happened to me, because of choices I've made, that I didn't deserve yeah. the love that I knew mm-hmm. that I wanted. And so for the first time, I just felt like it was just taken off me. Like, I feel like God wants to give me this gift. Yeah. And I allowed myself for the first time to be like, okay, God, what do you have for me? Instead of, this is too painful. This hurts too much. I don't want to give this to you, God. For the first time, I was, I feel like I was just like open to like what he had for me. And so Mm -hmm. I just so relate to the whole love story between her and God, um, allowing God for the first time to like mm. actually have those things that she yeah. that she so wanted to hide from him because she didn't think that he would want it. And so mm. I just felt like that is my story. My story is having something and just not wanting God to touch it mm. because I was just so afraid. Also just like afraid for the future that the man would be able to handle it, the right man yeah. mm. would be able to take this and um, love me through it. So mm. just the story of how Hosea... It's a beautiful love story, honestly. Like, we're all women, like, we, yeah. mm. and men that read this book. We we just yeah. love a good love story, and it just, like, gave me hope. And yeah. That someone would be able to to walk through this with me and um, to love me, and then I'd be allowed—I would allow them to, yeah. to love me, so— it's just so crazy. Relatable. It's crazy that there that there's a love so great that there's nothing too broken and too messy yeah. and yeah. too just dark that God can't yeah. just break through that wall and that barrier and just 
redeem and bring life and bring hope and bring purpose. And I know even with what you guys do, like you are touching so many people and you're using, you know, your past pains and your past traumas to bring purpose and hope for other people. Um, what, what about like your experience with when you met Brandon and like you guys came together and like you said, you probably had some, you're probably a little nervous and you're probably a little like fearful, like you said, of just opening up and wondering like, will this person accept me? Will this person love me? Yeah. Um, what was that exchange like and what was it like for you guys and and what was so different about him where you felt like you could let him in? Yeah, I will say, so getting saved, trying to walk through all of this with God, but also being in a Southern campus ministry with these perfect little <laughs> Southern, which I love them, but like a testimony time, you're yeah. like, dear Lord, don't call me because mm. I have something that these, these women have yeah. never even probably heard. And so right. it just was such a struggle. So like to open up to people about it, I, I held it so deep for so long yeah. in mm. fear. Right. But when it came to Brandon, like, I don't think I really had... I was, of, of course, very afraid to tell him, but I told him very early. Yeah. And it hurt. It hurt you. Mm-hmm. And that's how I knew. Yeah. That's how I knew that he could handle it because he, it was like he carried that burden, like it had happened to his daughter. You know, mm-hmm. it was like instant, like you took that on. Which was and the grace, was, the grace of God. Yeah. And that was like when I knew like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I don't have to carry this alone. Like, obviously I have God, but like, we get to do this together and figure it out together. And let me tell you, the enemy's really good at bringing us back. Yeah. Back to, to what? One yeah. step forward, two steps back. Like that, it, it is hard. And it's not like an easy, like we just had it and it was great. Yeah. It's but, taken like constant conversation and and just reminding yeah. ourselves mm-hmm. of um, that you are not what was done to you. Right. And, um, and, you're, and you're also like, for anyone listening too, like you're not who you were six months ago. Mm, you're right. not who you were 10 days ago yeah. if you're following after God. There's this constant invitation to renewal, you yeah. know? And, and so um, I'm excited to actually share for a second about my, about, about this, how, yeah. we, how we, when we began dating and you shared this very early on, like you said, and I've never experienced this in my life or maybe a few times, but this has been the most powerful um, example of God's grace in my life. I was so insecure, dated so many people just because I always had to be with somebody and, man, you know, emotionally abused each other, just Mm. young, you know. I mean, we got married when I was 20, 20. so I mean, I'm talking about (laughs) dating. I was was a baby. Yeah. Um, But, I, you know, dating all through middle school and high school and whatever and just so insecure and uh, when I met Brittany, everything changed. And and the only way I can describe it is there was this tangible grace that I felt that literally I felt like I didn't even recognize myself anymore because I had turned from a boy into a man. Mm-hmm. And I remember that moment with you telling me, and now don't don't hear me wrong. This was one of the most difficult things to ever hear. And And also why I felt like you were my wife is, had anyone else previously told me this, I honestly don't know if I would have been able to carry it. But I believe that there was just this supernatural grace and just this like, this 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 invitation from the Lord. Mm. And in that moment when you shared that, it was like, and not in a ego or a prideful way, but I really felt it was like, I'm the man that's supposed mm. to walk with you through this. 
And it felt like my, like you were saying, it felt like my, like I felt like it happened to me. And so I just like, in that moment, almost like I felt like I was picking up the weight with you. I was like, all right, let's carry this to the feet of Jesus together, you know, in any way that I can. And, but at the same time, it so incredibly hurt me. Man, I had some screaming matches with the Lord, you know? Yeah. Like how, like how could you allow this to happen? Mm. But the most beautiful thing is what was the hardest trial for you has become your most powerful testimony. Mm. And honestly, like, I don't know if there's language for this, like, would you change it? Like, well, yeah, of course. But at the same time, the freedom that you've experienced, but also the freedom that you've been able to release in talking to other women about that who've experienced the Mm -hmm. same thing. I mean, like, it's crazy if you look at statistics, like the number of women that have been abused. Yeah. And um, I mean, like, I want to say it's like one out of every few women. Like, Mm -hmm. it's crazy. One out of three. One out of three. And and so when you think about that, it's just like, man, hmm. well, I, I don't thank God for what happened, but I do thank God that you're using it. You yeah. don't waste a single thing. Amen. And so many people need to hear about the freedom that you've experienced yeah. and our marriage and like how much yeah. just, um, you know, I, I feel like we really do, not to be prideful, but we have a really strong marriage and it's taken a lot of hard work, but, and thank God for this book because it's given <laughs> us language for it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm Jose. I don't think I'm Michael. But my goodness, it does give me something to aspire yeah. to. You know, yeah. and it reminds me the kind of man that I need to be. Because mm. although I, I felt like in that moment God gave me this invitation to man up, yeah, but it still takes a daily surrender. It yeah. takes a like daily conversation, and but it's been beautiful to watch this book and obviously the Bible. Um, you know, give us language and uh, description of what sacrificial love, yeah. love and redeeming love looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's, I, I love that you painted that picture. And, and even when we were talking to to Tom, he was even saying that's what he wants every man who watches the film to walk away with is man up, Come on, you know, yeah. like man up and that's become good. the man that you're supposed to be. And that, you know, how I interpret it, the man that God's called you to be. <laughs> yes. And, um, it, you know, and I think that that is, it's so true, but it's also like Michael Hosea was able to be that and do that because it, wasn't himself Mm, he was a part of something so much bigger than himself and he was loving from that overflow that he was receiving this message is so countercultural. where you know for many people maybe they hear something like that and they're like oh that's too hard i just can't do it or when times get tough you know oh like you you know the the pains and traumas of your past are just too much for me i I tap out you know or i don't feel like loving you right now and Mm, and and everything is just driven off of you know yeah emotions and feelings and and pressures and you know what everybody else is saying or doing and, and so I I would love to kind of go back to this a little bit of just what are you hoping that because I know for you like this book was transformational for you it was transformational in just your marriage um, and probably individually as well but what are you hoping that this movie will speak and do for other women what are you hoping that they experience as they go and they watch this and probably a lot of them like you just shared the statistic probably a lot of them have been through traumatic experiences but I know all of us no matter our situations like we all have these labels and these things that we carry um the things of our past and so what are you hoping that you know this this will like do for women and how will it reach them yeah well first of all i think it's such an awesome tool to like invite a friend that one would never pick up the book yeah and to maybe just like doesn't even know 
like what the Holy Spirit mm. can do or yeah. even heard of the Holy Spirit or yeah, I think that the movie is such a good tool to invite friends that are unbelievers. Yeah. And I think inviting a friend, I would hope that like it would allow, let's say a young girl to feel something that like yeah. she's buried deep because yeah. she doesn't want to think about it. She doesn't want to address it. She doesn't want to talk about it. Mm. And even like maybe for the first time, allowing herself to tell someone after watching this, um, allowing herself to open up to someone about what's happened to her. And also, I think the Holy Spirit is so in this movie that mm. allowing yourself to maybe even be open to the, the Holy Spirit through the movie and yeah. what He wants to speak to you and say over you. And so I just think it's such a, a good tool for women that, you know, want to invite a friend. Yeah. Go take a small group, take some young girls. Yeah. And just, like, see how the Holy Spirit's going to work yeah. through it. Um, because every time I read this book— mm. And I'm sure if I watch it again, I think I receive something so different yeah. every time. Yeah. So I just think it's just all about like getting getting people in there yeah. and allowing God to do what, they, what he mm -hmm. wants to do. And um, really, I think just like bringing freedom and conversation. Yeah. I just think it's going to be such a good tool. And yeah. I'm just so glad it's finally a movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like how long have right. we been saying this for yeah, so long? I hate reading, so I appreciated that. <laughs> Y'all, I will say this though, fellas. Like, if you're, if you're, take not, your girlfriend. Take I, I started reading this book. Okay, going back, Brittany, when we were dating, said, "If you're gonna marry me, you have to read this." I book. I did say that. Oh, I love that. And I said, take I notes, not, listeners. I will yep. not marry you unless well, you read all right, this book. But there's grace, grace for you <laughs> guys grace because for you guys. I, or at least I can relate. I did not finish it. You didn't. We finish started. It. I started it, and did I got. Did you tell her you didn't I got finish real, it? <sighs> He's like, I I, babe, I read this book. It's so good. I knew he did. He's like using it. names that like aren't in the book. <laughs> You're like, oh. I, I looked up online the, the summer, each yeah. chapter summary. You know? <laughs> no, I did start reading it. And y'all like, I'm not going to lie. And it did this when I actually fully read it. Like it made me so angry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Y'all, I cried so hard. And I so two days. I read this read book in, in yeah, two, I days. two days. Y'all, the, yeah. the last book I read before that was probably Clifford the Big Red Dog. I mean, I don't read. And um, I read this book in two days. I bawled my eyes out. on. Mm -hmm. I think I read it every time I was on a plane and I was traveling a lot of the time. Yeah, you weren't even with me. So I was like, yeah. are you okay? Yeah, she's like, I don't even think you believe me. I was like, no, I like read it in two days. And um, No, you I kept asking me questions too. about what's going to happen. I'm like, just finish it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. uh, man, it was just like ripping my yeah. heart out. You know, and um, and I think everyone who reads it and watches this movie, you're going to find yourself in the story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like I see myself in both Angel and, and Michael. And, um, you know, I think the message for me and, and Michael in this invitation is like, man up, mm -hmm. man up. Like, and I, I think, too, I hope people realize, like, you've got a lot more courage and stamina in you to be the man of God and to mm -hmm. to love well, to realize that love is so much bigger than a feeling, that yeah. love mm -hmm. is so much more about giving than it is receiving. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I made that switch, and mm -hmm. this book has so reminded me, this movie has so reminded me of that, because I need that daily reminder, because culture all around is screaming, what am I getting out of this yeah. love? Yeah. But this screams the opposite, is yeah. what am I contributing, which is obviously what Christ did. And, yeah. and so like, how am I giving love to Brittany? How am I serving her? How am I? And so, man, it's just that consistent invitation to be that that kind of man and an angel. It's like, man, I have my own ways that I am running yeah. away from God daily. 
there's daily like examples of how I run away from you, you know, like I feel shame. Mm -hmm. I go and I hide, Mm -hmm. I isolate myself. Mm -hmm. And luckily we've been together long enough where you can pick up on those things. And and she lovingly chases me. She's like, Hey babe, what's going on? Why are you being quiet? Why are you, you know? And I think that's, man, that's what God does. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what real love does mm-hmm. is it chases that person down even when they're closed off and isolated. Like love chases after, mm. you know? And the most beautiful thing about this kind of love is because it's chasing, you could have run for miles. You don't have miles to run back. All you have to do is turn around. Yeah. So I just, I hope anyone listening would just realize, man, God's love, an earthly love, a healthy earthly love with whoever that is. That kind of love looks like they're chasing you down, even when it hurts them. Um, And you just need to, like, turn around and receive it. There's so much freedom Mm -hmm. in receiving love, like real love. And a lot of humbling. (laughs) Yeah, and a whole lot of humbling. (laughs) You forget where I found you, Missy. She doesn't talk about her past. And now we're answering your questions with Redeeming Love author Francine Rivers. So what was it like for you being on set? What was that like? Well, I tend to, you know, it's a whole different art form. So I felt like, okay, I, I wrote the book and I wrote the screenplay and worked with DJ. The two of us collaborated on the screenplay. Yeah. But it was, it was just, I can't. It's a whole nother world for me, you know, to be watching the actors playing it out and then having to do it over and over again Mm. from different angles, but do it the same way. I had such a respect for the actors Mm. and what they had to go through, even this, the crowd scenes when they have all the, the extras and how everything is so carefully planned and choreographed and done over and over again. And exactly the same from different angles. Mm. It's it's quite a process to put a movie together. I can't imagine. <laughs> it's so much easier to write a book. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's still that. Wow. I mean, it's a huge undertaking to write a book. So let's not minimize that. Well, and, and, you know, I can I can write minimal details to give a picture in your mind because yeah. the reader creates yep. all that in their mind. But so then true. as a movie, they have to actually create it mm-hmm. to see it. Mm-hmm. So that was quite an experience seeing how they put that all together. And I was very impressed. Yeah. Blown away, actually, of how they handled that. What was it like in the process of creating those costumes? What was that process like? It was it was really something we were able to go into the wardrobe room and and just see all of it. But there were signature dresses that were in the movie. Uh, Abigail wears a beautiful green dress when she's walking down the main street. Mm. And then, of course, there's the red iconic dress that's on the book cover, and they recreated that. But, I mean, the clothes were just beautifully made and are true to the time. The little girl, Sarah, Angel, and her mom, May, you know, I mean, everybody was just, uh, it was really phenomenal how they put all that together. Yeah. That was the surreal thing about being on set and seeing all this come to life because you have it in your head. I was telling the designer, the the set designer, it was beyond anything I imagined because I had sort of this tent town in my head (laughs) and you walk in and and you see this town that they built literally. And they put things inside the buildings. There There was one basket of fish 
real fish on wow. on the outside of a general store just to give that you know the scent of the times and and all that and some of the scenes there was a windstorm one day and it just played right into the movie wow. you know they're walking down the street and they're just being blown you know the wind and the the dust and all that and it was very much like the times but where did that windstorm come from they didn't create That's it it crazy. was just there Thank you all so much for listening. We want to hear from you. So let us know what you thought of today's episode by rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. And make sure to follow and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Let us know on socials who you're bringing with you to see Redeeming Love. You can find us on Instagram at Redeeming Love Movie. And you can find me online at Maddie Prue. Thank you for listening. And remember, there's no brokenness that love can't heal. Redeeming Love, a movie companion podcast, is a lasting media production. I'm your host, Maddie Pruitt. Our executive producers are John Fender and Jason Barrett. Edited and produced by Ben Delameter and Jonas Litton. Administration and project management by Bethany Callahan. Special thanks to Francine Rivers, Tom Lewis, DJ Caruso, Cindy Bond, and Brandon and Brittany Lake. We would also like to thank Sandoval Agency, Skies Fall Agency, Troops and Allies, Parker Productions, and WTA Media. To learn more, follow us on socials and visit our website at redeeminglovemovie.com. Redeeming Love.